How do you renegotiate a contract? When is the best time to do so? What are some important points to consider when renegotiating? Learn the answers to these questions and many more on this episode of the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey everybody, it's Andrew, and welcome back to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. For my returning listeners, thank you. For my new listeners, welcome, because today, like on every episode, I'm bringing you the best guests from all around healthcare and beyond to discuss issues relating to the early career physician. Today, we have a returning guest, and one of my personal favorites, Kyle Clausen. Kyle is the CEO of Resolve and a partner in the law firm of Morgan Thieler, LLP. He received his undergraduate degree from North Dakota State University, his law degree from the University of Laverne College of Law, and his LLM in taxation from Boston University. Kyle is a member of the American Health Lawyers Association and is one of the leading experts in physician employment agreements. Resolve has empowered over 10,000 physicians in their employment agreements, leading to national recognition with various state and national physician societies. Kyle has been featured on a variety of physician-focused media sources, including ZDog MD, White Coat Investor, Physician Sidegigs, Physician Moms Group, Beyond Medicine, The Physician Philosopher, and others. Kyle is married to an ophthalmologist and has three children and a dog. Well, I'm excited. Let's get Kyle back onto the show. Kyle Clausen, welcome back to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, great to have you again. So uh, for those people who didn't listen to your first episode, and please go back and listen to it if you have it, can you remind or tell the listeners who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So um, my name's Kyle. Uh, like you mentioned, I'm the CEO of Resolve. Uh, Resolve is a company that helps physicians uh, review and negotiate uh, employment contracts. Um, not only just negotiate, you know, initial offers, but also renegotiations, exit strategies, you know, partnership offers, things like that. Uh, we provide them with uh, data, uh, market data, and kind of analytics on analyzing what's what's fair. Uh, and we've been doing that for over a decade. And so um, the goal on on things like this is always to answer as many questions and try to educate um, you know your listeners on some of the things they might be facing out there. Yeah, that's great. I know I've personally worked with Kyle on my own contracts. Uh, my wife's working with him, uh, and. I've recommended lots of people to resolve in general and everyone's always happy. So a uh, great plug for a great company. So thank you, Kyle, for providing that service to uh, our community. Um, but I think uh, let's talk this time about um, renegotiating contracts. We initially talked about things to look for in physician contracts. And if you want to know more about that, check out episode 39. Uh, but let's talk today about the renegotiation of contracts and, and how to approach that. Is that okay? Yeah, it sounds great. All right, Kyle. So I think question number one is when should a physician think about renegotiating contract? When should that even be a discussion uh, or, or a thought in their mind? Sure. Well, most physicians, and you and your, your wife are well aware of this, but most physicians now are employed. And so when we talk about renegotiating a contract, it's because there's not usually a partnership track that they're looking at. They're, they're working for a health system or for an academic center. And so uh, most of those contracts are going to be set up on 
short terms, meaning one or two or three year contracts. But even within those contracts, um, almost all of them are going to have what's called termination without cause, which makes the contract really an extremely short revolving contract, usually between 60 and 120 days. And so my recommendation to clients is, you know, you should always be monitoring, right? the market, fair market value, your personal situation, right? Life changes. Uh, and so to feel like you you can't renegotiate until X number of years has gone by or until the end of a contract term uh, is just not necessarily the reality. Um, you're going to want to be paying attention to, you know, like I said, all the things in the market, because what we've seen uh, conversely is that the employers will absolutely renegotiate with you when they need to. Uh, they, they won't wait for the end of your contract to come up. If fee schedules change or reimbursements fall, uh, they're going to come to you with an amendment uh, immediately. And so my recommendation is always right. And, and that's probably an oversimplification, but, but really anytime something happens that, that you need to have an adjustment in your, in your work uh, and in your contract, you should be, uh, pretty open and pretty honest with yourself about raising that issue. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, and I think for those physicians who signed contracts, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but signed contracts prior to 2020, a lot has changed in the healthcare landscape uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. And there, I think there are more issues to be aware of and wary of um, since, since that unprecedented uh, time in our lives. So uh, would you agree with that? Yeah. And I think that's that, you know, that whole 2020, 2021 timeframe is a great example of employers changing terms, right? Kind of mid-contract. And, and so if it's, if it's good for them and if it can happen for them, right? I mean, I think it's also something that your listeners should be aware of that, you know, they can, they can always renegotiate uh, as long as they're, they're well-informed, right? Uh, on that timing and, and understanding what's going on with their contract, if they have leverage points and what the data says at that point in time. I mean, you want to be... Um, armed right before you go into a renegotiation but certainly from a timing standpoint I, I wouldn't say that there's a hard and fast rule on when you can and can't do that okay that's helpful and, and i think we see it a lot as physicians just they just quit right uh instead uh they, they feel undervalued they feel like they're getting the short end of the stick and uh and they vote with their feet so to speak and they just quit as opposed to coming to your employer with uh hey these are my needs uh we could talk about it again yeah, I think that's true. And I actually think there's, you know, a lot of them that unfortunately don't vote with their feet as well, uh, where they're, they're just stuck, right? And they, they feel like they don't have any leverage or don't have any power. Um, and that's where I think a lot of the burnout comes from, uh, is that frustration. And at some point, they might get there, right, and, and just leave. But, you know, long, you know, prior to that, I, I'm with you on this one, I think you should be asking for the things that are important, finding out if you've got an employer that's, reasonable and you know amicable and, and wants to make things work because physicians are still in short supply uh, that's not changing and you know it's expensive to recruit and retain and so um you know it certainly is to their benefit uh if they do the math usually uh to try to retain somebody with different terms than it is to hire somebody else brand new yeah that's fair and you never you never know till you ask right i know i had a previous boss who said that some physicians would quit and he wouldn't have no idea they were even unhappy um, whereas they, they'd be more than willing to come to the table. Um, of course some will not, but, um, you never do know. That's right. Yeah. I'd agree with that. So, all right, we've decided we're going to renegotiate the contract. Um, you know, uh, perhaps the employer has no idea that you're unhappy. Um, oftentimes they don't, or they just think everything's okay. Cause they're not hearing any noise. So what are the first steps? I know you talked about data. So I think that's probably 
probably either pre-step one or step one is gathering some data, but how, how would you approach thinking about the renegotiation uh, from the physician side? And then how would you approach actually approaching your employer? Yeah, I, I think the, the interesting thing about a renegotiation is that you're no longer guessing, right? When you sign the contract for the first time, you don't really know how it's going to play out. Uh, during a renegotiation, you've been there. So you should have a very good idea of what your priorities are, uh, whether it's, you know, you need less call because calls really heavy or whether it's, you know, your compensation is no longer in line with fair market value, or if you need some extra staffing, right. If it's a scribe or somebody else to help you because of, you know, the lack of efficiency, right. In, in the setting that you're in. Um, I think it's, it's really helpful, right. To know those things and to know what your pain points are, uh, before you start the discussion. So step one is, you know, look at what's wrong with your situation. Why do you feel unhappy? Why, you know, why are you frustrated? Why are you potentially burning out and start to say, okay, well, here's, here's top one, two, three, four things that I have to have change, or I, I would have to have some adjustment on, uh, in order to stay here, right. In this position, in order to be happy long-term. And it's not always that people are ready to leave. They usually aren't ready to leave right away. But if they go through a renegotiation process and nothing gets done and nothing changes, that's usually when we see them start to think about, okay, well, I need to start to reevaluate what I'm going to be doing long-term. So step one is identify the things that are important to you. Step two, I think, is actually the data that you talked about. If you're going to be making any type of compensation request, uh, or if you just want to know what normal and standard market terms are, right, for call or for, you know, stipends or, or directorships and things like that, uh, you're going to want to have all of that stuff analyzed prior to starting those discussions so you know what's fair and what's not. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, we've, we've seen a lot about inflationary pressures, change in cost of living. And, and I think traditionally, we have not seen physician salaries uh, increase with inflation. We have not seen a lot of cost of living adjustments. Um, but with inflation in everybody's ear right now, are you seeing uh, compensation increase in accordance with inflation or are employers still kind of ignoring it? Yeah, they, they ignore it for the most part. I mean, we, we see very few cost of living adjustments in, you know, a compensation package or in a compensation section of a contract. Um, now, they will make adjustments, right? I mean, reimbursements change and what's, what fair market value is changes from time to time. And so they're going to be very careful on that, right? I mean, we saw a lot of amendments come out when the fee schedule changed uh, at the beginning of last year. And so um, it, it's more to do with market forces than it is inflation uh, directly. Um, that, that being said, they're also trying to build in the ability to modify compensation. So if, and when reimbursements fall, or if, and when things happen, they can, they can do those things unilaterally and just adjust compensation. Um, and so I think, you know, it's, again, those are the terms you want to be careful of. And if you're going to renegotiate something, you'd want to probably try to take out and give yourself some more, you know, concrete numbers, or at least concrete way to forecast what your comp's going to be for the next two or three years. Yeah. That that is fair. Um, so if you, we're talking about pitfalls. What other pitfalls uh, can we run into that are specific to the renegotiation as opposed to the initial negotiation? Yeah, um, I, I think knowing your production, right? Because it, when you come in again, um, everybody's guessing, right? At, at what you're going to be able to produce from a volume standpoint, at how much volume they may have for you. Even if it's not a what can you do, it's just how many patients are going to be there for you um, in some specialties. And so understanding your own data right? And what you've done and then comparing that I think is, is probably the biggest pitfall if you're going to overestimate or underestimate where you're at. Um, the second one is knowing 
whether or not you can leave, right? And this ties into your initial negotiation to some extent, but if you've signed a, a contract that has a, a non-compete that really is going to prevent you from making that hard decision if you need to, uh, to potentially walk away and do something else, uh, you, you're probably going to limit yourself quite a bit in what you're willing to ask for and how hard you're willing to push. So I think you know, paying attention to your exit strategy and to your termination components as part of the renegotiation is also something to try to work into and is correct if you didn't get it right the first time. Is Have you ever seen uh, people drop uh, non-competes at, at the renegotiation stage? Like if that's part of it, you know, way I initially had a two-year, whatever mile uh, non-compete and part of the renegotiation is eliminating it. Is that, or you ever yes. see that? Yeah, we, we have seen that happen. And we, we've also seen, you know, potential buyout amounts plugged into them. So even if they can't remove it entirely, they'll, they'll put a value on it. So if you really need to move, uh, you can pay a certain dollar amount. We've also seen them put in exceptions, right, for a certain type of employer uh, in a renegotiation where we don't want to give you a release of the entire area. But if you want to land in this one spot, you can. Or if you want to go to private practice, you can. So uh, the answer is yes. Again, I think it just depends on how hard and how bad they want to retain you. Um, and if you want to hear more about uh, non-competes and what to do about them, check out episode 39. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep plugging the original one. That's, that's um, right. So, you know, so we've come to the table with our data. Uh, we figured out what our priorities are. Um, how do we actually start this conversation without it seeming, uh, you know, aggressive? Or I know a lot of physicians. I personally don't really care about the perception of my employer about aggressiveness, but I know a lot of people do and they, they don't want to ask for too much and they don't want to seem disgruntled, but they're unhappy with their pay. So how do you, how do you recommend actually just getting started and, and having this initial conversation with your employer? Yeah. Well, the, the best part about being, you know, in an organization for a few years is you're going to know, or you're hopefully going to know, who the decision makers are and, and who the right person is to go approach. Um, and, and sometimes it's a very logical, right. Uh, person with the title in the right direction, but it's, sometimes it's not, it's, there's different pathways to get there. But I, I think the, the overarching tone that most want to take because they want to remain employed, right. You're renegotiating to try to stay. You're not renegotiating to try to leave is that you're just looking to readjust your contract to what's fair, right. For what you're doing. Um, you know, the, the type of, of role that you're filling for them, for the experience that you've got now, right, in the system uh, and the relationship with patients that you've got now. And so trying to structure this as a, you know, a, a non-adversarial event is obviously the goal for most uh, up front. Um, and you might be the exception if, if you don't care <laughs> and you're willing to ruffle those feathers. But most, most want it to be a, you know, a win-win where it's, it's, look, there's some things that aren't going well for me. A lot of things are going well, but there's some things that aren't. Uh, I want to discuss a few items in my contract and who do I talk to on that, right? It's not necessarily a, here's all my requests. It's point me in the right direction. Who do I address these with? And that's, that's where I would start. Yeah, I agree with that. And not that I don't care about, uh, about my perception. I've just found in the past that just having an honest discussion really doesn't ruffle feathers. Um, <laughs> and so much as that, Hey, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Even even if the the what you're asking for doesn't get fulfilled, I often find that even in the initial negotiation or the subsequent renegotiation, that people don't get really mad about it. Um, it's just business, right? Um, yeah. As opposed to uh, it being a, an adversarial event. So, um, but I know a lot of physicians worry about just getting started and and, and starting that mm -hmm. conversation. So that is helpful. 
I, I would echo and just follow up on that, uh, that it, it's generally much less adversarial than people think, because ultimately you are an asset that they need, right? If you're an employee in an employed setting, um, there's no way for them to drive right revenue without the positions that are in the system. And so um, you, you certainly you know, don't want to, you know, push that to the point of offending them, but they also know, right. In a, in a business, right. Our key players are important to us. And so I, I don't think, you know, most situations are going to end uh, in a situation that's going to cost you to lose reputation or to be adversarial. And so I, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, and I wish more people had that mentality. Yeah. It's uh, we got to get it out there. It's uh, it'll be okay. It will be okay. Um, <laughs> right. I know most recently I was talking uh to a potential employer and uh i asked for something that there was just it was it was absolutely not from them but their response was you know can't blame you for asking but no and these are my reasons why and i thought that was actually very reasonable um and and no one was offended uh and i i was not thinking you know two years later man i wish i asked for xyz correct yeah you never know unless you ask right right so okay well, you are an attorney and you are the head of a company that of attorneys that review uh, contracts. When is the time to get an attorney involved? Well, I, I think that's a one earlier than, than later. So regardless of if you want to have the attorney negotiate for you, which I think there's a discussion to be had on that of, you know, what situations make the most sense to bring the attorney into it. Uh, I still think from an advisory standpoint, you're going to want to have somebody uh, involved as early as possible to vet, right, what you're doing to make sure you're bouncing ideas off them as far as what's fair, what they're seeing in the market, uh, you know, what other terms you could be asking for that you might not be aware of. And so we, we always prefer um, on our end uh, in a renegotiation that the, as soon as you're starting to think about it, right, so before you even send that email of who do I talk to, uh, it'd be nice for us to help you with the data, help you with, you know, some thoughts around that. Uh, if it's a first contract, you know, well before you sign a letter of intent or anything like that. So if there's amendments that come out, you know, in a renegotiation, certainly before you're getting to the point of actually seeing the paper, you'd want to have an attorney involved. Yep. Agreed. And uh, for all those listening, please, please get an attorney involved, but let's go back to that first point. When should you step back and have the attorney negotiate on your behalf? Yeah, I think that's a, a two-prong question for me uh, in my experience. So I think one, if who you're negotiating with matters uh, to some extent and, and your relationship in a renegotiation matters. Uh, if you've had a lot of interaction with you know this person, uh, if they've treated you fairly in the past or not, how confident you are uh, as a physician asking for things, um, you know, uh, all of those would be arguments for letting the physicians have those conversations. Now, the, the counter to that is most physicians are not comfortable saying no or not, you know, pushing back uh, necessarily. And, and they're going to take the response of this is your standard contract and we can't change it. And they just say, okay. And they sign off on those things. If that's your personality type, you know, and, or if they're getting legal involved saying we can't do this for X, Y, Z reason, you know, then I think it's absolutely to your benefit to have the attorney take over in that setting. Um, on top of all of that, I think there's always some benefit to having an intermediary uh, there. So if you're having conversations and if you just feel uncomfortable answering, it always gives you the out of saying, I need to go back and chat with right my attorney and or I need to go back and chat with my 
client on this before I can give you an answer. It just relieves that pressure of having to say yes or no on the spot in a discussion. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, at the end of the day, you know, you, you were saying if they start bringing up legal, your employer is always going to use an attorney, right? Um, even if it's just to iron out the details, you know, they can agree. I, we've seen it before, you know, uh, a, a smile, nod, and a handshake. And then when the paper comes across your desk, it's nothing what you discussed. Right. Um, right. So there should be no hesitation in having proper representation because you know that your employer does. Uh, so just want right. to continue to plug having an attorney. They're not scary. Uh, I know some doctors are scared of all attorneys, even the, the ones that are on their side. Um, but you know, they're not, they're not scary. They're cool people like Kyle, uh, <laughs> but, uh, all right, well, um, we're starting to run out of time here, Kyle. Are, are there any other points, um, that you'd like to bring up about renegotiation of contracts before we move to the next section of the show? No, I think you did a good job hitting on it. I mean, just to recap, uh, probably the biggest point I want to make is you're really always allowed to renegotiate. And so don't feel like you need to wait until the end of your three-year term, if that's what it is in your contracts. Um, constantly monitor what fair market value looks like. Constantly monitor the market uh, and make sure you're asking for things when they start to get out of line. All right. Awesome. Well, Kyle, um, we asked you what you like to do for fun last time. So this time, have you seen any good movies recently? Cool. Well, I watched Avatar 2 with my kids uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I enjoyed that one. So did it, did that, it live up my... to the like 14-year gap or whatever it was? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if it lived up to that, that big of a gap, but my kids sure liked it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, got, I haven't checked it out yet. Um, any books you can recommend? Um, did I give you a book last time or not? Um, so here's, here's, a good, here's a good one that I like. Um, the Innovation Stack uh, is, is a great book about just business and, and competitive advantage and, you know, kind of all the little things that add up to make you and, and your business what you are. Uh, I'd recommend that one for anybody that has any interest, whether it's in medicine or outside of it. It's a great book. All right. I have not read that book, so I'm going to add that to my list. Um, and then finally, uh, just a single piece of advice uh, for the early career physician. The, the one piece of advice, and you're, you're probably hearing it uh, in multiple locations, but I think just you, you need to know everything that's not, that's around the business of medicine, right? All the things that they're not teaching you uh, in residency. And so this topic in, in your podcast certainly hits on a lot of that stuff. And it's one of them. There's a lot of sources out there now that you can, you can be educated. Um, it's, it's no longer a world where you're joining colleagues, you know, unfortunately that are running the business that you might be able to trust like you could in the past. And so you really need to take control of your career and, and, you know, um, be as educated, I guess, as you can on that. That'd be my, my biggest point of advice. All right. And last time you did recommend, uh, mindset, which has been recommended multiple times on this show. Oh, good. Uh, well, so. that's, that, that was probably the one I would have given you again. That's one of my favorite books. <laughs> that's a great book. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't say that again. Um, well, Kyle, thank you so much. And if people want to get in contact with you, how are they going to find you? Yeah. I mean, you, you can always head to resolve.com. Um, we've got a lot of, you know, education on there. There's a lot of free tools on there around your contract and just knowing what normal terms are. So I would say, check that out. Um, Kyle, it resolves my email. Uh, you can reach me in either of those ways. All right, great. It's a pleasure as always talking to you, Kyle. Thank you again. And everyone check out resolve. 
Uh, there'll be a coupon code in the uh, show notes uh, for those of you who want to use Kyle's services. Um, and take care, Kyle. We'll be talking soon. What a fantastic show with Kyle Clausen. I love talking to him, and his insights are always appreciated. If you're renegotiating, negotiating, or really not sure where to start with a contract, I really would suggest you check out Resolve. Check them out at andrewtisserdo.com forward slash resolve and enter the coupon code TALKTOMEDOC10, all in caps, for 10% off any of their packages. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell at least two of your friends and leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the word out there. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening is search for me on LinkedIn, Andrew Tisser Dio. Thank you again for listening, everyone. And as always, keep talking. All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.